0: There's a war on for the soul of America, an ideological, political, and spiritual war. Will America abandon her place as the last beacon of hope in an ever-darkening world? Or will she rise again and lead the world into a new era of freedom and prosperity? I am your host, Phil Hudson Peller, and this is American Faith Battleground. Been blindsided by evil on many occasions. You know, people were content and happy, and and all of a sudden, World War II broke out for America with the bombing of Pearl Harbor. It took us we were blindsided by evil. We were blindsided by evil with 9-11. Throughout history, you see we're blindsided because we underestimate evil not only on a global scale, but on an individual scale, we underestimate it. We underestimate what it means to compromise. With God, we underestimate what sin does in our life. We underestimate what it means to not love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul and all your strength. And we think we can kind of, you know, play both sides of the fence. Sometimes we live a little over here, live a little little over there. But no, God wants to. He knows what's best for you. I, I call the Bible the owner's manual. You know, if you got a car and you you don't know much about cars, you should probably check the owner's manual and see about changing oil and things like that. And if you don't, your car may stop in the middle of the road, and you say, this is a crummy car, I'll never get one of these again. But the reality was you didn't read the manual. If you don't know the Bible, you're going to find that you're going to stop in the middle of the road cursing God because he didn't take care of you. That's why the word of God is living and active and sharper, the Bible says, than any two-edged sword. It pierces deep into the vision of the soul and the spirit, the bone and the marrow, revealing the true intentions of the heart. That's why if you're not in the Bible, then you probably feel free to do whatever you want to do. The Bible is a corrector. It's like a mirror. I look in the mirror and I go, that's what I look like. And then the more you stay in front of the mirror, the more you know what you look like. Because it's easy. Look yourself in the mirror, take off, and then don't realize something went haywire in the middle of the day. Well, that's what the Bible is. I have to keep it. That's why it says, lay up for yourself these scriptures in your heart that you might not sin against God. The word of God is always going to guide you. It's a light unto your feet. It's a, it's a guide unto your path. The word of God is living and active, the Bible says. The word of God says the grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of God, it does what? It abides forever. Thy word, O oh Lord, is, is lifted up. It is eternal. It is in the heavens. Guess what? When you get to heaven, you're still going to need the word of God amen, and, and blindsided by evil, and then you know, the timing of evil. You know, in Proverbs 1, it talks about those who lay in wait to shed innocent blood, and then they try to recruit others. They said, come with us and, and join us in this endeavor. We want to shed innocent blood, don't you? And whether it's politicians who are manipulating economic systems in other countries like Ukraine and Russia or China, or anywhere else, that's laying in wait to shed innocent blood. And so we have to understand there is a threat that we have to contend with, not only in our prayer life, not only in our personal, the way we live our life, but also the way that we view our world and get involved in our world. It's It's just mandated by God. We have to do that. I mean, think about Daniel. He's a young man. He's taken captive out of, out of his home. He's taken back to Babylon, and basically the king says, um, you're going to do what I say. You're going to bow to the gods I say. You're going to eat the food that I say, and he says, no. If I perish, I perish. Just kill me. That's okay, but I'm not going to do that. And we read about him because he didn't do that. The Bible doesn't have a lot of stories about those who didn't do that, You're remembered for the good you do, not for the bad you do. The Bible says the wicked are like rottenness to the bones of the righteous. How do you want to be remembered? There's an evil plan. So Satan has a plan. There's a story that's told. It's not a true story, but it is a story that illustrates a great point where Napoleon has gathered all of his generals around a map of the world this part is true, by the way. The second part is imagined. And, he, and, he, and his generals say, let's go into Russia. Let's go into China. You know, they did go into Russia. They did not go into China. When he looked at China, he said, no, there lies a sleeping giant. Let it sleep. Now imagine another map. It's a map of the church. All the demons in hell have gathered around that map of the church. And one demon says, let's go into the church and cause problems there. And Satan says, no, there lies a sleeping giant, let it sleep. Because if the church ever realized and harnessed its power in the Holy Spirit, they would be totally unstoppable. I think it's time to harness some power, don't you? Interesting, former Secretary of State, Condoleezza Rice, said this about the current crisis in referring to Putin. It says, Putin appears erratic and is descending into something I've never seen before. He was always calculating in cold, but this is different. He seems erratic. There is an ever-deepening delusional rendering of history. It was always a kind of victimology about what had happened to them, but now it goes back to blaming Lenin for the foundations of Kiev, Ukraine. Whenever you know, this guy was a former head of KGB. He's not used to making mistakes. But there's an irrationality that doesn't even make sense here, even in the middle of really an outcry of the world and even the UN, who we all know is so strong. Um, but there seems to be an ignoring that, and you, and you wonder what is happening here. I, I see it as the plan of God. You know what God has been doing through COVID? COVID. He has been thinning out the crowd. He's been trying to figure out what Christians and what churches are going to stand for God. And a lot of you are here because your church wouldn't open. A lot of you are here because your church compromised somewhere along the way, and you said, I don't want that in my life. And then a lot of people left here because they didn't want to stand for America. They didn't want to stand for truth. They didn't want to be in the mix. They just wanted to know three ways that they could love their wife more. And that's an important message, but there's a bigger message than that. Paul said, I did not shrink to teach you the whole counsel of God. And I warned you day and night that there's going to be those from the outside and those from the inside that are going to seek to divide the fold. You see, the Bible wants us to be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Amen? We have to put on the full armor of God. We must be willing to stand not sit or run, stand against evil in our day. We have to understand the times that we're living in. Look at Matthew chapter 24 and verse three. Jesus has gathered the disciples. They're sitting on the Mount of Olives. And the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us, when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? Hey, I have that question, don't you? Jesus Will you tell me what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? And then Jesus in Matthew 24, i encourage you to read that chapter. We're not going to deal with it today. But read that chapter because he unfolds basically what the future is going to look like. And he brings you all the way up through the second coming in just one chapter. Well, let me let me put it in perspective. We, we have a chart here. And, and if you want to take a picture of this, it might be helpful just to kind of go back and remember Um but if we look at Russia in prophecy, what I, what I want to do is I want to point out a few bullet points on here that are significant. You'll notice in uh, Second Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 3, there refers to a great falling away. And what that is, that means that you're going to see Christian, those who call themselves Christians are going to fall away from the faith. That's just going to happen. He says in the latter days, it's going to happen more repeatedly than you can imagine. You'll hear people say, well, he used to be a Christian. I always say, the one who says he used to be a Christian, he never was a Christian. Okay? Now, notice that I've got, so I think we're in the period of the great falling away already. I don't think we've seen the culmination of it. We're just, it's beginning. Uh, then you see Ezekiel 38, 39 is falling in the, in line somewhere before the rapture of the church. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 and then when the church is gone, it says the Holy Spirit, the restrainer of evil, leaves planet Earth, opens the way up for the tribulation, and then when you get down to Midway, you'll notice there's the mark. That's the beginning of the great tribulation, the mark of the beast. Uh, that's where the famous 666, the mark on the hand of the forehead, takes place. Um, and that's beginning of the great tribulation that Matthew refers to in Matthew chapter 24 in verse twenty one, and then the the great battle of Armageddon takes place at the end of the tribulation. Jesus returns uh, to stop the, the the battles. The kings of the earth have assembled themselves, Psalm two, against the Lord and against His anointed, and He stops the battle. And then we enter into a time of judgment, um, and. The millennial reign of Christ. So that's a quick overview. Now let me let me give you a couple of more scriptures uh, because this is important. Daniel chapter 10. It talks a little bit about some of these same players, but where where's the real battle? The prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me. Now this who's who's being withstood here? An angel. Twenty-one days, and behold, Michael, one of the chief priests, came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. Now I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days. There's that phrase again. For the vision refers to many days yet to come. So we understand there's a spiritual battle happening here in Persia. Daniel chapter 10, verse 20. I, that is the angel, must return to fight with the prince of Persia. And when I have gone forth, indeed, the prince of Greece will come. But I tell you that what is noted in the scripture of truth that no one upholds me against these except Michael, your prince. So what's happening? There are demonic forces behind the scenes in every nation on planet earth trying to control the destiny of people. But what do we do? Well, Ephesians chapter 10, be strong in the Lord. How do you beat that? Be strong in the Lord. It doesn't say go, you should worry. You should fret. No, it says, be strong in the Lord. Strengthen yourself in the Lord. And in the power of his might, not your might. It's not about you. Not by might, by power, but by the Spirit, says the Lord. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers against rulers of darkness in this age against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Okay, I want you just to stand with me right now. I want you to get further dressed. All right? Just repeat after me. Today... I put on the armor of God. I protect my mind. I protect my heart, my emotions. I guard the truth. I take up the sword, which is the word of God. I put on the shoes of the gospel that I might spread God's love and salvation message. I will stand in the midst of the storm in the power of the Lord and the strength of his might. Amen. Let's sing together. I want to thank you for listening to American Faith Battleground.